grace and peace of Christ be with you from Laguna Presbyterian Church. We welcome you to this online service. In compliance with the latest guidelines, our church staff is working remotely and very busy keeping us all connected. All of the events on campus are postponed and our office is closed. But our staff is available by email and we are checking our church voicemail remotely. If you're not receiving our daily electronic devotions and other communications, sign up on our website. If you're trying to keep your child or youth connected, contact Gail Onadera or Steve Sweet. After this opening prayer, we will begin this service with a children's message from Gail. Let us pray. Merciful God, we come to worship you in the midst of a world that is painfully aware of our own vulnerability. May that awareness lead not to greater fear, but to greater faith, a faith that nothing in all of creation can separate us from your love, neither today nor tomorrow, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hi friends, it's Miss Gail here, and we sure miss seeing your cute faces. This is a weird and strange time with no school, no homework club, no sports, no play dates, and boy, the list goes on, but I know you are all making the best of it, and we want you to know we are here for you and your families in every way. Well, except seeing you in person. <laughs> We want to stay connected to you however we can, whether it's email, phone, we would love to FaceTime you, social media, and emotionally as well. So I wanted to read you a fun poem from a book I really like called Don't Mess With Moses. So here it goes. There's a soul-stirring book full of spine-tingling tales of villains and heroes and man-eating whales, of princes and pharaohs, of masters and slaves, of kings hunting outlaws that hide out in caves, of prophets and preachers, of scholars and teachers, of merchants and shepherds, and all kinds of creatures, like talkative donkeys and bloodthirsty cats, kind-hearted ravens and huge clouds of gnats of tall man-made towers and creature-filled boats, of tyrants and giants and colorful coats, of soldiers and cowards, of slippery spies, of wise men and fools and snakes that tell lies, of trillions of frogs that take over the town, of mighty stone walls that come tumbling down, of fantastic visions and fanciful dreams, of lousy decisions and devilish schemes, of heartwarming stories and words of advice, with serious lessons in how to live life. These tales are not fables from out of the blue. These tales in the Bible are totally true. The stories in the Bible are so stunning and stellar, it's no wonder why God's word is still the world's best seller. How cool is that, that the Bible is still the world's bestseller? I love that. And this is a great time to be reading your Bible. 
If you don't have a children's Bible, please email me immediately and we will send one to you. And like this poem said, the true stories in the Bible are full of weird and strange times that are hard to understand. However, each story shows how God was in every detail to guide and protect his people. We are God's people and he will guide and protect us through this weird and strange time. And we are so grateful for all of you. And we're praying for your families. We're hoping for peace and that you take each day just day by day. So please reach out to us if you can, and we would love to help in any way. We'll be praying for you, and if you have specific prayers, please let us know. We can do that via email. We love you all, and we miss being together in person, but we will see you soon. Hear now the call to confession from Romans chapter 5, verse 8. The proof of God's amazing love is this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Trusting in God's faithfulness and compassion, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we are a fearful people, and we dwell in uncertain times, surrounded by a fearful world. Fearful of our world falling apart by sickness and economic uncertainty. Fearful now of too many dangers, toils, and snares. Fearful of not doing well, of being alone, of life never being the same again. Forgive us when we fail to hear your mighty, do not fear, for I am with you. In your mercy, O Lord, help us to hear to trust, to receive your comfort so that we remember we belong to you. the good news. God's Spirit prays with us and is for us. God's hope strengthens us in times of weakness and trial. God's grace in Christ heals our brokenness and raises us to new life. Trust in the good news and receive the peace of Christ. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Laguna Presbyterian Church, we have been preaching through Exodus, and we've seen God walking with his people through the wilderness. In our own wilderness of self-isolation these days, we've decided to turn to a New Testament book that was written from a different situation of isolation. Paul's letter from prison, written to the church at Philippi. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 1. I will read selected verses from the New Revised Standard Version. Hear the word of God. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, because you are sharing in the gospel from this first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. 
and this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, beloved, that what has happened to me has actually helped to spread the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers and sisters, having been made confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, dare to speak the word with greater boldness and without fear. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It was less than a year ago that a group of 42 of us traveled to Greece. As we were going through passport control at the Athens airport to come home, one of the officials asked each of us what we had liked the best about Greece. When I said Philippi, he was taken aback. I don't think he hears that very often. There's not much left of Philippi now. They're the ruins of the old Roman city center and there's a river. We learn in the book of Acts, Acts 16, that Philippi was the first place in Europe to hear the good news of Jesus. And we stood right there at the river where Paul met a merchant woman, Lydia, who became the first to trust in Jesus in all of Europe, as far as we're told. The Philippian church, which started with Lydia, was the church which gave the apostle Paul the most joy. Paul is writing this letter to them from prison in Rome. In his day, Prisoners were not usually fed by their jailers. They had to rely on friends on the outside to help them and to provide for them. And now the church has sent him a gift of money, and he's writing to thank them. He knows they want him to fill them in on his life in prison. They could never forget what happened when he was imprisoned in Philippi. In the middle of the night, God had sent an earthquake which opened the prison doors. Instead of running away as other prisoners did, Paul and his companions stayed and talked to the jailer about Jesus. The jailer came to faith in Jesus and was baptized. But God was at work differently in this Roman prison. Paul isn't being set free. Instead, God is working through Paul right there in the confinement. The way Paul lives out his faith in Jesus and the way he responds to his difficult circumstances have caught the attention of the jailers. He's different than most other prisoners, and this has opened the door for him to talk to his jailers about Jesus. His imprisonment, which looked like a problem to be endured, has turned into God's opportunity. Paul's words in verse 6 are great words for us. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Although Paul is not there in Greece with them, he's confident that the work which God began in them is continuing, that God, who began working in them before they even realized it, is faithful to continue his work in their lives. Even though we're not together physically as a church, God is still at work in each of us and in all of us together. God's work in your life is not a flash-in-the-pan kind of religious experience that might fade away when we're not together. The grace of God in you is still working 
to bring you to completeness. That word is related to the Old Testament word shalom, God's wholeness and maturity to grow us all up and mature us in the ways of Jesus. There's a controversy about whether it was Winston Churchill who first said, don't waste a good crisis. It could even have been the Apostle Paul. It was certainly the way he lived. For Paul, prison was not something to be endured, but a time filled with opportunities for God to be at work. Our present situation is also filled with God's opportunities. But it takes our cooperation, our allowing God to work. We can say no to God's opportunities. We can allow this experience to harden us, not soften us for God's change. Instead, he asks us to open ourselves to his spirit to cooperate with the work that he wants to do in us. Many of the e emails I get this week are signed off. We will get through this. Yes, we will. Don't you wonder how the world will be different when this virus has passed? News and commentaries are full of speculation about that. I wonder what I will look like. I wonder what we will look like when this is over. I'm barely one week into self-isolating. And frankly, our whole staff has been scrambling. I'm only just beginning to settle down enough to see some of the opportunities that this time offers. I could emerge from this isolation five pounds lighter or heavier. I could develop all sorts of new habits or settle in more deeply to some of my bad ones. When you look back on it this time, what do you want to see? What do you want to see in your life with God? God is with you in the midst of this. He's got this. Perhaps this is an invitation to spend more time with God, to deepen your trust in him, a time for prayer, for reading, for journaling. As I try to get in a daily walk, I've been listening to How the Irish Saved Civilization. It tells of a teenager kidnapped from his own country and enslaved as a swine herder for six years, hungry and naked, freezing in the elements, isolated, so alone. In his misery and desperation, he started praying, though he'd never really paid much attention at church in his earlier life. He prayed all day, and he began to know God's presence and God's love. He began to experience what we know as his prayer, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger. Eventually, he grew into what they called a holy man. God showed him a ship to escape slavery. He went to seminary, became a bishop, and returned to Ireland as a missionary, St. Patrick. How do you want your time of isolation to grow your relationship with God? When you look back on this time, what do you want to see in yourself? Perhaps this crisis will help you see yourself in a new light, to see the rough edges that you didn't know that you have, 
to change some habits, to learn new healthy ways to take care of yourself. For me, at least, it's trying to get in a walk each day. When you look back on this time, what do you want to see in your relationships? Will our relationships with family and others be frayed or strengthened? Those of you who have children or older family members at home with you are just beginning to see the challenges and the opportunities of so much time together. Our MOPS moms are constantly sending ideas to one another for activities with kids. My husband, Dave, a retired math teacher, has started doing FaceTime math tutoring each day with our second grade granddaughter. They're having a very good time together and they're building a new side of their relationship. What about other relationships? How can you use this time to grow in compassion, to notice and reach out to people for whom isolation has become the norm, not just the season? What are your spheres of influence and how can you show the love of Jesus in them, even if you can't physically be there? Linda White, our choir director, sends out emails for the choir members and bell members to enjoy, emails of music. Small groups are keeping in touch with one another online and on the phone. Our deacons are in touch with their parish members. People are picking up their phone and calling through the church directory, leaving encouraging messages and asking how they can help. A friend of mine posts something inspirational and comforting on Facebook each day. This one is from Laura Kelly Fanucci. She's a mommy blogger that I'd not heard of before. She says, when this is over, may we never again take for granted a handshake with a stranger, full shelves at the grocery store, conversations with neighbors, a crowded theater, Friday night out, the taste of communion, a routine checkup, the school rush each morning, coffee with a friend, the stadium roaring, each deep breath, a boring Tuesday, life itself. When this ends, may we find that we have become more like the people we wanted to be. We were called to be, we hoped to be, and may we stay that way, better for each other because of the worst. He who began a good work in Patrick was faithful to complete it, and he's offering you the invitation in this time to let him do his work in you and through you. So, Lord, Give us grace to say yes to your invitations for all it is that you want to do in us and through us in these days. Amen. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost when he brought me Free and deep. I'm a 
Merciful and gracious God, we give thanks for amazing glimpses of your goodness during these troubled days. For the good ways your people continue to do ministry in Jesus' pattern when scarcity is a constant specter. In days when we are tempted to care only for ourselves, stir in us and among us the passion to be like Jesus, to be servants for the people around us. Help us to be calm, focused, kind, patient, wise, and generous. Help us stay in touch with our neighbors and offer to serve those who need our help. Protect us from feeling confined by social vicissitudes. Give us inner awareness of the wide expanse of your huge presence with us and your unlimited reach to those with whom we are concerned. Help us lean into your vast resources when we are feeling trapped in our weakened bodies or cloistered homes. Help us measure our temporary trials against your eternal goodness. Give us rooted hope in the face of those who amplify doom. Multiply the resources of people and supplies and medicines we need to combat COVID-19. Empower the imaginations and scientific expertise of many who can lead us in this international war. Catch our attention to show your great love and mercy in the wake of our frailties and mistakes. Send us servant leaders who show us a way to healing and wholeness. Reinforce in our minds and our hearts that you have not abandoned us, but that you are continually close to us. Encourage us to know you will complete the good work in us and among us, already begun by the ever-present Spirit of Jesus Christ, who continues to teach us to pray. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. During these difficult days, many of you are already giving generously. I am so grateful. If you have the ability and the desire, I hope you choose to invest in this church ministry when fear is so impacting the world of investments. Many are responding to the matching gift to give online. Thank you. Now let's pray. God of abundance, deliver us from the kind of fear that drives us to hoard and makes us stingy and selfish. Help us show your abundance of loving kindness in the gifts of ourselves, of our time and our money, through Jesus Christ, who gave everything for us. Amen. Let us give of what God has given to us. May God give us eyes to see the opportunities of these days and the courage to say yes to them. 
And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.